0: I'm
1: Sheena. And I'm Lori. And this
2: is Cemetery Row.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is episode uh, five. Four or five, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we can't even remember. And, and like it's it's crazy because No, it's five. Is it? it is five. Okay. Ooh. Just because okay. we've got we've <laughs> been working on so many stories and we have so many in the works and we're getting them all confused we hope you are not confused if you are we apologize or maybe we don't maybe maybe that's what we're here to do and at least one of
0: us has no idea what day it is (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's okay um so today we are talking about haunted cemeteries because we love the paranormal and we love cemeteries so why not combine the two into something we really
0: love um Quick corrections corner. Yes, corrections corner. So, I had said in our Mississippi mysteries that our dear Jaren Lockhart was buried in name I can't pronounce. You're going to hear that more than once this episode. Um, <laughs> parish. She is not. She is cremated, and um, there is no record of where her remains are. Probably with her family, um, which is where I hope she is. So she was not buried. She was indeed cremated um and like i said the the uh location of her remains is not available so small correction um we want to be correct in all things so thanks for sticking with us
2: yes yep. yes yes yes. Uh,
1: i believe our first haunted cemetery this week um we are going to go on a tour with Lori um to a very legendary cemetery Yes, yes, I will be talking about,
2: well, I'll just get into it. So if you, (laughs) yes, okay, so if you Google most haunted cemeteries, you find a number of repeated names, St. Louis Cemetery, Resurrection Cemetery, the Paris Catacombs. The cemetery I'll be discussing today is also often found on those lists, Howard Street Cemetery in Salem, Massachusetts. Ooh, yes. Getting witchy. Yes, we're getting witchy today. Yes. So it was established in 1801 as the Branch Street Cemetery. This historical cemetery is home to 1,100 headstones, over two and a half acres, and is overlooked by the Old Salem Jail, which is also considerably haunted in its own right. I won't talk about those ghosties today, but it's definitely worth a side Um, So after the street name adjacent to the cemetery was changed from Branch to Howard Street in 1828, the cemetery was renamed Howard Street Cemetery. The first known burial happened on August 5th, 1801, when Benjamin Ropes, the second mate of the ship Belisarius, was crushed to death during launching, while his was the first marked grave ropes is not the first person believed to be buried in the land where howard street cemetery stands that honor most likely goes to giles Corey, a victim of the 1692 salem witch trials so here we go giles Corey, y'all is a man who gives zero fucks good for him
0: <laughs> yes i like
2: him already He was born in England around 1610 and immigrated to the Salem area uh, and settled in Salem Farms in 1659. While he would go on to become a churchgoer and prosperous farmer, his reputation and apparent disdain for his acquaintances uh, tainted his outlook and most likely played a part in the accusations against him.
0: I feel Giles on a spiritual <laughs> level right now. Oh,
2: just just wait. In 1675, he beat Jacob Goodale, one of his farmhands to death for allegedly stealing apples.
1: Oh, Giles, chill. <laughs> that's, that's That's why y- you, you can grow more. <laughs> it's okay, dude. Like
0: I mean, I'm misanthropic, but I'm not going to Beat anyone to death over some? Okay, I'm not going to say that because I might. But you know what? Never mind. Carry on, Giles. Carry yeah, on. Yeah.
2: So, so he beats the shit out of this guy for stealing apples. And at the time, corporal punishment was okay as long as it was against an an indentured servant. Since Goodale was an indentured servant, say that five times fast. Uh, <laughs> Corey was only convicted of using unreasonable force and he had to pay a fine
1: oh, unreasonable that... force <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that's an understatement i mean yeah
2: he was also accused of theft twice and a fe- fellow salem resident was confident that Corey was behind the arson fire that burned his home but it couldn't be proven uh, so all of this history and aggression kind of probably played a role in what would eventually happen to Corey and also his wife Martha they were both pretty badass people for their time Martha herself had a child out of wedlock um, before she and Corey married um, and it Get was it, a m-
0: Martha Yeah, it was
2: a mixed race child. So, you know, scandal, scandal, scandal. Oh, my goodness. She was very well respected by the church and she was a member of the Salem church, which apparently was really, really difficult to be at the time. Uh, So... Corey and Martha, they, they neither one of them believed in the hysteria surrounding the trials. And after Martha began to question the truth of the afflicted victims' claims, uh, those <laughs> alleged victims, uh, their eyes became set on Martha. So after these two little bitches, Ann Putnam and Mercy L- Lewis, heard that Martha thought they were lying, they decided, oh, she's a witch too. Um huh. She funny was arrested, how that works right so and this is this is kind of where it gets weird and you know it's like men am i right so she was arrested in march and initially giles testified against her
1: giles.
2: citing, citing st- strange illness in his ox and his cat
1: <laughs>
0: i mean I, I i don't
1: mean to laugh at animal pain i never want any animals to be sick but but a strange illness in his ox and his cat exactly
0: that so sounds he, like an std i don't know if, <laughs> oh, oh. Um my he, ox is hurting if you get my drill <laughs> he withdrew
2: his accusations later but i mean at that point he too already, late bitch too it, late it was, it was too late uh he himself was accused of witchcraft in september september 9th of 1692 and those so-called victims accused him of being quote a dreadful wizard uh end quote and coming to them as a specter in the night abusing them and trying to get one of them to sign the devil's book uh so he was put in jail and put on trial but he was very smart he knew that no matter what he pleaded they were going to find him guilty and he was going to be hanged um and if that were to happen his children or they weren't his children. He, he and Martha, Martha was his third wife. He was 80 years old at the time. Um, so she had children from a previous relationship and he wanted their land, their 150 acre farm to go to their, their children. So he had deeded his land to his sons, sons sons-in-law. Uh, and he knew that if he pled guilty or not guilty and was found guilty, that the government would get his land. And he was like, Bitches, that ain't happening. Um, so he refused to enter a plea. So, as you know, we were talking offline, Sheena used the term. He stood mute. Uh, the fact that he wouldn't enter a plea really pissed off the elders. Uh, and so their next move was to just torture the shit out of him to get him to confess. Um, he was taken to a field, that field that is now Howard Street Cemetery. He was stripped naked and put in a hole. Then Sheriff George Corwin, who is a major asshat in his own right, uh, placed a wooden board on Corey's chest and began placing stones. This form of torture was known as something that I cannot pronounce and am not even going to attempt to pronounce that translates to strong and harsh punishment The story goes that no matter how many stones they added, Corey just continued to urge them to add more weight until his body finally gave out and he died on September 19th, 1692, 293 years before my birth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize y'all had that connection. Yes. Yes. I'm like, Ooh, September 19th. Um, also, also, can I just say real quick, he gotta be naked, (laughs) i don't know i mean did you feel like it to crush him yeah humiliate
2: him (laughs) in that um that's that's ridiculous it's it's bonkers so however before he died it is reported that he shouted damn you sheriff i curse you in salem and so thus begins the curse of giles corey
0: Was he the one who, um, because there's another male witch in Salem whose name is escaping me. There were, none of them were witches. It was a land grab. As a baby witch, I could go for hours on that. Um, But there was another one who was reciting the Lord's prayer as he died. And that was supposedly witches weren't able to recite the Lord's prayer. And this was like... gang gang bitch listen to me <laughs>
2: yeah no this was not him but uh Corey uh giles and martha were the only couple uh put to death during the trials wow so that was kind of sad and interesting um side note <laughs> let me yeah. but let, let me re- rephrase that because i did a weird pause mm-hmm. sad and interesting side note right um that's crazy so Corey was buried in an unmarked grave near the field where he was killed, now known as Howard Street Cemetery, and it is believed by many locals that if his ghost is seen, tragedy isn't far behind. I googled and googled and went through all kinds of web pages and articles and All the sources mention this, that, ooh, he's a bad omen, but there's only one example that every single article cites of him appearing before a tragedy, Uh, and it's that multiple sightings of Corey's ghost happened before the Salem fire of 1914. Hmm. No matter how hard I search, that's the only example that anyone has, is that multiple people saw him, and the fire actually coincidentally broke out at uh, gallows hill which is where they hung all of the witches including his wife martha um so
0: again he was a suspected arsonist so that seems right right so (laughs) yeah uh
2: so there are reports of people experiencing feelings of dizziness and a heavy heart as well as uh, sudden headaches, all which subside once they leave the cemetery. And if you're lucky enough to see his ghost, he doesn't really do anything. He just kind of chills there and stares at you.
1: So question. Yes. I'm sorry. But, you know, the the, um, stereotype is that unless you're in a sheet, you appear in, I guess, what you died in. Well, is his ghost naked? (laughs) (laughs) I... Nothing said
2: specifically that fair. he was, Fucking but fair. I would think that if he was Just naked, curious. yeah, no, I would think that he'd have to be naked, but I'm sure he's not. Now Other that is w- my haunting sure goal. Not. Okay, <laughs> you want to be butt naked,
0: <laughs> I would be butt ass naked because my haunting song is going to be gasolina. So if you hear faint strains of a and gasolina start playing my soul is near and then I'm gonna be like titties
1: <laughs> you know my dream I have to say and I read I read a meme that said this at one point they were like what happens when like our generation haunts people in the future it's gonna be like ghosts coming up to you and whispering it's Britney bitch
0: yes I, love- <laughs> I desperately want to be haunted by a ghost that just screams it's Britney bitch in the middle of yeah the night. like I want I want some millennial. I will get up and we will rock out. I'll be like, okay, yes. I want some that.
1: millennial to I don't know tell me free shavacadoo or some other kind of like vine joke or something like. Well,
0: that was like when, here for it when Lori was saying all he does is stare at you. I saw another meme that's like, look, there's no reason to be afraid of ghosts because either they can kill you or they can't, and if they can't, no big deal. If they can, then you're a ghost and it's game fucking on. <laughs> <laughs> so see i i i
2: if i were a ghost i would be like so weird and creepy i'd sneak up behind somebody and whisper in their ear it puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the
0: hose again
1: i love it Lori. if you should like
0: the sharp don't die before
1: me (laughs) but if you do haunt me please do that i would (laughs) love it
0: we're gonna (sighs) haunt like a Chili's together.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. Here for. <Gear laughs> we're
0: we're going to fuck some shit up.
1: <laughs>
2: Absolutely. So, in addition to his reputation as being a harbinger of doom, i love that phrase yeah i think that's my drag name harbinger of doom yes yes Corey's curse is also believed to have caused significant health issues in every sheriff who has served salem since 1692 in fact yes that yeah that douchebag george corwin died just a few years after the trials ended of a heart attack at the age of 30 Um, and so according to a number of the sources that I uh, read and cite for this um, story, Sheriff Robert Cahill, who was Sheriff of Salem during the 70s, was forced to retire early due to health issues related to a stroke, a heart attack, and a rare blood condition, and his doctor could not figure out what was causing it, so Cahill's like okay, let's see what this is about. He looked into the records of the men who had held his position throughout history and found an ominous similarity. All had either died or been forced to resign due due to heart or blood ailments. Once the sheriff's office moved to nearby Middleton, Massachusetts, in 1991, the health issues ceased, and it's believed that that is what broke the curse of Giles Quarry.
0: As I said earlier this week to fuck around as human to find out as divine <laughs> yes and, yes yes
1: and can i just say too um i've been doing a lot of research um into the people like whose graves i've cleaned and so i'm always trying to find their death record which is really none of my business but it's fascinating either way um you know it tells your primary cause of death and then sort of like a contributing factor right and i'm just sitting here imagining like heart attack contributing factor first <laughs> God, You can't get over the naked pose. Why's he gotta be naked Why did they have to torture that man while he was naked it just Me
0: naked in a field Motherfucker watch this See <laughs> so you Han- live past
2: 30 Hannah is a salty salty Bitch this week
0: <laughs> Yes yes Hannah's had a rough Week so I'm yes. saltier Than normal which is usually like dead Sea levels I'm like making a yeah. Dead sea look like fresh water So
2: yes apologies in advance (laughs) uh although Giles Corey's exact burial site is unknown there's a marker for both him and his wife Martha who was actually she was hanged just days after he died so he died on September 19th and she was hanged on September 22nd um, so there's markers for both of them located in West Peabody on what was once part of their 150 acre farm. There's also a stone memorial for Corey at the Salem witch trials memorial that honors the 20 victims of the hysteria of 1692. Um, that's kind of the end of it. Um, it's, uh, you know, a couple of little side notes. Um, it's, thought that uh the brutal death of Corey is kind of what brought about the end of the trials people started realizing that you know this is getting out of hand we're torturing people on limited evidence you know we're it's what these little girls are saying um And so in October of 1711, the Massachusetts legislator passed a bill that cleared the names of many victims of the Salem witch trials, including both Giles and Martha Corey, Um, their family, their surviving family members received restitution for their deaths. But too little, too late, bitch, is what I would say to that. Right. Um, And so that is just um, one small part of that. Uh, haunted history of Salem. Um, you know, I, I really struggled with this. You know, I started with one topic and then I, that was too, you know, I, I was going to do, and I can't even read a cemetery in Savannah. Sheena, do you remember which one it was? I can't remember. On Avenger. Bonaventure, yes. And all these articles I found were like, oh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. I'm like, that's great, but I want to know more about the ghosties. And it was yeah. hard to, so I got a little pissy about that. And then there's a haunted cemetery, old Salem cemetery down the road from us in Cenatobia, that I really wanted to to talk mm-hmm. about. But there's no, you know, there's Reddit posts and you know, there there's no real article that explains what goes on there so I really struggled with picking this one and um, you know I kind of wish there was more ghosties that they talk about at this specific cemetery but I mean Giles Corey had an intense life I mean this Mm -hmm. this you know, he was a, he was a straight up murderer. Yeah. But this bat he was 80 years old. Yeah. Living to 80 in the 1600s. 1600s, Like, bitch, I hope I make
1: it to 80. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, going through all of this insanity, that is the Salem witch trials, which is nothing but mass hysteria and just the unpopular and the poor.
0: Getting and people whose out. money they wanted. I mean, mm-hmm. it started off with these two little girls who were basically just bored out of their mind. Right. Yes. Right? And it's most likely that Tichuba, their maid, taught them like candle tricks and candle magic from where she yeah. was from. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just they ran with it. And then the mm-hmm. powers that be saw an opportunity to exploit it for gain. And it just snowballed from there because humans yeah. are trash.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, and, and these these girls they saw it as an opportunity to get out, you know, get attention.
0: Absolutely, you know, this, is a, this is a time where yes. you know kids, Little girls are-, are not valued at all right, at this right. point, no. and now they're getting adult attention. Um, a very similar, um, if you watch the Killer Legends documentary that I talked about, um, when we talked about clowns in episode two, they talk about okay, well, where did the pins and the the razor blades and the candy come from? And they said. The kids, the kids say, Hey, look, I found a thing in my candy. And then they get adult attention and then they're the center of attention because mm-hmm. you have to remember kids are little sociopaths. So, I mean, you know, these girls are painfully bored. They're undervalued by society. Tichuba taught them something, you know, not allowed in Puritan mm-hmm. culture. So they just ran with it. Yep. And the adults who should have been, and I think, and like I said, I've been a baby, witch. I've studied the Salem, witch trials a little bit. And at one point towards the end, towards, pro- I think probably right after they killed Mr. Corey was when they had another, um, law type guy come in. He's like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Yeah. Cause they were using like spectral evidence. Like you have people on the stand saying the ghost is here and it said, yes. and the, the yeah. judge is like, what the fuck are y'all on? Yeah. Like what, What is what is happening? you know yeah everyone needs to calm down mm-hmm. so awesome yeah, de- that was such definitely a good story.
2: yeah definitely interesting for sure I've really uh and
0: go ahead and, Gina. Oh,
1: I, I was just gonna say you know we we're talking about you know Giles Corey lived to be 80 and that's kind of that that's he's a tough guy and mm-hmm. I'm over here also like they also stripped him naked and put giant <laughs> rocks on him, God! and he literally asked them to keep going.
0: That's a tough And managed to
1: curse them as they're killing him.
0: I mean... Like...
1: If I'm laying there naked and you're actively killing me, I'm probably not going to be like, "Y'all keep it going, come on, get more rocks." He and just also was not, like, both and, little I, fingers in the air. He was one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I would like to think I would curse the town. I would yeah. love to curse something before I die. I don't know what. Oh it's yeah, be. I want a good
0: but, one. Good hex. One good hex. Yeah, yeah. I've got, but live. it just. Yeah, it just. Um.
1: Yeah, I do think he was a tough. He was a tough old bird. A tough yeah, yes, butter. yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. I love it. All
0: right. I love Hannah. It. Good job, Lori. Good job. Thank you. I love it, Lori. We're definitely going to have to do more um, Salem witch trials or just witches in general because that's mm-hmm. so fascinating.
2: Yep. And we have to go to Salem when uh, everything but, gets when
0: back the, to us. When the world opens back up, girl, yes, I've got I a list. I want to go to Salem. Me too. I do too.
1: Let's get those vaccinations.
0: Yes, yes, I'm trying. I'm trying. Your girl is too damn healthy for one right now. So <laughs> thanks. Okay. <All> right. So <sighs> welcome Go to in. the party, motherfuckers. Okay. They warned you i'm salty this week so i cannot i cannot be helping this so a lot of my information is going to be coming from the really excellent website chicago hauntings which runs haunted tours in chicago so again once the world opens up go go hang out with them they seem like good people i've done a haunted tour of um the loop in chicago and it was a lot of fun so i learned (laughs) so. That was where I learned I was indeed cut out for city life because we were standing outside in an alley beside what was used to be the Iroquois theater and the very sweet Canadian, yes, he was Canadian, tour guide was telling us about how, and I definitely want to cover the Iroquois theater tragedy someday, um, was telling us about the tragedy and the fire escapes and yada, yada. And so I'm listening intently because I'm like, yes. Ooh, I bet that's going to sound good on audio. Sorry, Derek. Um, <laughs> but so this is happening. I'm paying attention to the sweet little Canadian baby. Tell me about a mass death because that is who I am as a person. And as we're walking away, the group of girls I was with was like, did you see that? I was like, did I see what? He's like, there was a man taking a dump in the alley, like a hundred feet from us. I was like, I was listening to the little Canadian talk about, take, you know, death and killing you guys are watching some homeless man take a dump i don't know what to tell you i knew i was cut out for city life because i was not paying attention to whatever the hell he was doing that he has was his to go somewhere
2: he has that to was, go
0: somewhere right that that's was right. his dump to take i'm trying to learn about a mass tragedy so that's how i knew i was cut out for city life because you could literally be taking a shit next to me and i'm not going to notice deep breath lori deep breath Breathe it in. Yes. Breathe it. In. La- laughing <laughs> silently over here. It's like when babies cry and it's just that face, but no sound uh-huh. is coming out. And you're just like, <laughs> is it buffering? What's happening? <laughs> Did it get stuck? Is it like a DVD? Do I need a is it Nintendo cartridge? Do you need to blow into their mouth or something? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know how babies work. Okay. So my cemetery is my favorite cemetery which is the graceland cemetery in chicago um it's next to wrigleyville which is now BroTown. thanks ricketts family um but the the part that it's in buena park beautiful historic area it's a beautiful historic cemetery Um, and it was also called the cemetery of the architects for a while because the burnham family um, which is daniel burnham and his descendants and his children are buried on a little island in the middle of a pond in the middle of the cemetery and it's very very beautiful um and daniel burnham was responsible for most of the architecture for um the world's fair the Columbian exposition which we have discussed before which is apparently the most haunted festival we have ever had in the united states Ooh. thanks late 1800s is there anything oh. you didn't mess up <laughs> so, it was originally founded in 1860. So, not that in the same like the World's Fair was 1862. He founded Graceland Cemetery, Mr. Thomas B. Bryan did, in 1860. So, it is where Wrigley Field now is. So you know, pull up a big map of Chicago, look where Wrigley Field is, and then you'll see a big green patch, and that's Graceland Cemetery. So Graceland Cemetery is really kind of a who's who of Chicago because it's been there so long. So you've got the Burnhams who, uh, like, guess, built the World's Fair, which revolutionized Chicago. Then you have, um, you have the Pullman family who were the famous for the train cars. Um, you have so many just really famous Chicago, like, captains of industry buried there um and it's been around for 200 years not quite 200 no like 140 i don't know i can't do math um somebody correct me i don't care um close enough enough. so it is so so some of them include uh the first settler whose name is john kinsey um the first guy to kind of come in and say this is chicago um apparently n- not a lot of people are a fan of him go figure george pullman marshall field who the department store is named after alan pinkerton who founded the pinkertons and several other people including mayor carter harrison and uh william sterrett the founder of the baker street irregulars which i don't know what that is but it sounds fun so yeah ghosts abound here ghost 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 so one of them is the tomb of ludwig wolf which i have seen and is very pretty and we will have a picture of it so the thing with ludwig 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 mr wolf <laughs> there you go <laughs> is it is his his a really cool name though ludwig ludwig wolf. Yes. wolf i love it i love it he's a commanding man well his greatest yes. fear was being buried alive same (laughs) oh shit (laughs) so if you go to graceland you'll see a lot of pyramid looking kind of mausoleums um that are really fucking cool i mean there's several little pyramids what makes mr wolf so interesting is there's a vent on top just in case he was buried alive oh bless his (laughs) heart that's thinking ahead good for him and as we learned with sheena's yellow fever thing that has not left me <laughs> yeah y'all gotta promise me if they come out and say hannah's dead be like double check triple check yeah, yeah. do some checking <laughs> yep we ain't put her nowhere until we know for a fact like rip out oh, yeah. an organ or something and see what i do <laughs> like
2: y'all yeah all make
0: sure don't be burying me alive
2: write that down
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, there's several horror movies that like end with that, and I'm like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, oh fuck shit.
2: You. Has, do you remember the original, like, buried alive the 80s? Yeah. Like,
0: she feeds her husband pufferfish, and oh, <laughs> yes. No, no, me gusta. Yes. No, your nope. girl ain't doing that. That is mm-hmm. right up there. Like, when I have nightmares, it's right up there with those dreams where all my teeth fall out, and I wake <sighs> up, and I'm just like, I need I need to go for a walk. I need to talk to my therapist. I need I need my brain's fucked up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Can I really briefly go slightly even more off topic with the yeah. buried alive thing? Absolutely. Um, there's this artist um named Billy Butcher who does this incredible artwork of he takes at least two things and mashes them together. And what I mean by that is like he will take He's been doing a lot of WandaVision related stuff. And like, he has a WandaVision that's um, Lucy and Desi from I Love Lucy, but they're, uh-huh. they're made like Wanda, like they're, they're made like WandaVision. And then, I mean, I mean, it, it's incredible. I mean, there's so many references to catch in his work, but what I ordered today for myself, um, it looks like an old eighties movie poster. But it's for the song I Will Survive. And it's this hand coming out of a grave. I and love it. Says it says at the top, at first I was afraid, I was petrified. And then at the bottom it says, Did you think I would just lay down and die? And so I it's kind it. of
0: like, I will survive. We'll put a <laughs> like, link to his show. I'm coming the- back. We'll yeah. put a link to his yeah. store in the show notes because I have looked yeah, at his sure. stuff too. Like and some of his stuff is like pulp fiction covers yes. mm-hmm. yeah. that are like either 80 songs or movies. He has a great Rocky horror one that I was just like, Oh so, yeah,
1: there's one that's really genius that's Rocky Horror, but it's Rocky Horror, but it's Rocky from Rocky Balboa.
0: <laughs> and so it's
1: Rocky Balboa made up as Frankenfurter, and it says Rocky it. Horror Picture Show. <gasps> I
0: need it so bad. Okay, anyway, anyway, back to yes. burying people alive. <laughs> we're good. No, 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 we're good. <laughs> Mr. Wilf. <Mister> Ludwig <laughs> Wolf. Okay, so not only yeah. does he have a ventilation system, he also had bells and whistles installed in his little pyramid so that, again if some shit went down let me out is this is this where we get the phrase bells and whistles god i hope so <laughs>
1: so i've resident- always heard the rumor i'm sorry i'm no, just interrupting you i'm so sorry you know i'm talking on my ass go <laughs> um i've heard that the phrase saved by the bell
0: comes. i've heard from that, that too
1: but yeah. i don't know how true that is
0: i've heard that too Add i us. think so i think that's right. So uh, residents of the apartment buildings that tower over Montrose Avenue, um, which is one of the streets that goes by Graceland, on night, I love this phrase. Again, I'm going to put the link to this website um, in the show notes because this woman did, her name was Ursula. I can't pronounce her last name, but she did some really fantastic fucking work on this. Um, So residents of the apartment buildings that tower over Montrose Avenue say on nights when the full moon illuminates the cemetery grounds, one can see the phantom figure of Wolf's faithful wolfhound pacing in front of the tomb's entrance hmm. some have dismissed the tales of coyotes because the city has a freakish amount of coyotes but i prefer to think it's his wolfhound guarding his grave and if tabby does not guard wherever my remains end up at least her ghost i'm gonna be disappointed yeah. <laughs> so other things other people you might see in the cemetery um a somber figure standing on the veranda over the tomb of the goodman family gazing at the lake um and the graves of the great architects so they're also mr burnham himself mr daniel burnham who built all this awesome shit it's also rumored that you could see his ghost. Now, the thing about Daniel Burnham's ghost that I find very interesting is that people reported seeing a man in a white suit with a, a three a nice one with the vests and the shit. Y'all know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. a colonel, but kind of a colonel. Again, y'all make the image. <laughs> colonel Sanders was an architect. That's the vision. So they have seen him, this ghost, walking around in this white suit with his hands in his pockets. And they are just like, oh, there's that very fashionably dressed ghost again. And it wasn't <laughs> until the book Devil in the White City, which I highly recommend if you have not read, please read it. Even though the one of the um, horticulture designers, like there's a whole chapter spent about him getting in his feelings about having to use like sod. And I was just like, can we can we get to the murder (laughs) because this man is annoying the hell out of me with his bitching about sod. I want to use organic plants, bitch. You're on a timeline, put the sod down and quit whining. (laughs) So there will be that chapter of the book where you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to go back in time and punch this bitch right in the face. (laughs) But overall the book is great. Um, Some other things that came out of the world's fair besides Serial murder, clowns, and a man bitching about sod is the Ferris wheel. It was the very first time the Ferris wheel was ever used. Um, Nobody died, which was impressive. Um, So that was, and there's still a Ferris wheel on Navy pier to this day. Um, Not the same one because I'm pretty sure we'd all die, but a really cool Ferris wheel nonetheless. And I like a good Ferris wheel. Fun story about how, what a big sweet dummy Hannah was when she was a wee little girl the movie fear with Mark Wahlberg that came out in the nineties. Um, apparently this whole time she's getting finger banged on the Ferris wheel. Guess who just found that out? Maybe five years ago. Me. Oh, had no idea. I was like, (laughs) man, what's going on with this Ferris wheel? She's having a great time. And then I watched it again and I was reading Reddit and they're like, Oh yeah, they're finger banging. I'm like, Oh, Oh, Okay. And of all people, I would... Sweet, innocent baby Hannah. I was just like, big dummy me was like, oh, this is fun. No, no, no. It's amazing. So this leads us to one of my favorite gravestones, not only in Graceland Cemetery, but just in general. And that is Laredo Taft's monument the eternal silence. Okay. So let me tell you this fucking statue is amazing. And again, there will be pictures of it. It is a figure. Is it death? Is it not? Who's to know? And he's draped in a hood and he's got his arm across his face and you can just see empty eye sockets. It was originally made of bronze. And so now it's got this really beautiful green patina on it. Similar to what the Statue of Liberty has. Just absolutely gorgeous patina. And it's rumored that you can't really take a good picture of it, which is ironic considering I've seen 10,000 really good pictures of it on the internet. And I took a good, pretty good picture myself. But apparently for some people, he's like, no paparazzi. And just will not be photographed. <laughs> just won't. So, what is the deal with the eternal silence? That's my... Uh, um, Seinfeld impression so again it's Laredo Taft is the sculptor Sheena I know you like to know who sculpts Laredo Taft I do indeed thank you the the person buried there is an Ohio-born hotel owner named Dexter Graves which is a fucking amazing name yes. That's a great name so and it's got a really cool like um saying on the back that I will also have. I cannot remember it right off the top of my head. But anyway, it's absolutely beautiful, beautiful piece of art um, for Mr. Dexter Graves. I think he went out with a bang and I'm happy for him. So what does this have to do with ghosts? You say, well, little thing I learned about Chicago that clearly makes it very clear that I chose the right place was Chicago used to be a major manufacturer of Ouija boards, or talking boards, if you're going to use the generic phrase. So one of the major um, images of Ouija boards that were produced between, let me get the dates, let me get the dates, let me find the dates. Where are the dates? In the 40s, 41 to 72, um, the weed, the, when it was still owned by Parker Brothers, the Ouija board had what was called the Blue Ghost printed on it. And it looks a hell of a lot like eternal silence. So there's no real... We can't say for definite that this inspired the blue ghost on the, mm-hmm. on the talking boards. Um, but the dates would match up. So it very well could be. And again, the rumor is that you can't really photograph it. Um, that the s- statue of death will not be photographed. Again, I got a really good picture of it, so... Maybe he just doesn't like y'all. Maybe he likes me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it's absolutely beautiful and you absolutely need to see it in person because it is just, you see it and like your heart is just like, oh. And that's one of the great things about Graceland is so much of the sculpture, and that's why I cannot wait to take Sheena there one day, is beautiful. Like this is fucking art. Um, there's one and I took a picture of it. I'm going to have to find the name of it. But me and my friend, when we were walking around the cemetery, we were like, is that a, somebody put like an actual blanket on this coffin or on this stone? And we got there and it was sculpted and it was sculpted so good that from a distance, it looked like a real blanket was laid on this statue. It was amazing. That's awesome. So it has some truly amazing artwork. Now, our final ghost is... Kind of sad, but also kind of fun. So, <laughs> my two favorite also things, kind, kind of sad trend. and
2: fun, <laughs> kind of sad and fun.
0: So, and that is the monument to Inez Clark. Now, Inez Clark, she has a very realistic monument. Um, just a little Victorian girl in her little Victorian dress. She looks very, very cute. Um, and the rumor is that she was struck by lightning, which was how she died. So the legend goes that when it's cloudy or raining or storming, you can't find her stone. That she mm-hmm. disappears when it's storming. And then when it's sunny out, you can see her again. Hmm. Now, they can't find an Clark in any records, but we all know how record keeping, especially yeah. in the 1800s, tends to go. And you know what? Sometimes let's just go with the legend guys. Cause it's kind of fun. So Graceland was also the site of uh, some of the clown sightings that we talked about not that long ago. And Inez is not the only disappearing statue that Chicago has Chicago's Rose Hill cemetery, um, which is a different cemetery has a statue of a young woman, very pretty um she's in a glass case and it's also rumored that there are times when you can't see her um so little girls in chicago like to die and then they like to disappear and i appreciate that i think that's a solid it's a solid afterlife goal do you see me look how pretty i am yeah, fuck you. it keeps your name <laughs> in the papers exactly keeps people talking about you exactly so come to graceland cemetery See daniel burnham See mr wolf's uh buried alive proof triangle. tomb yes mm-hmm. his triangle there are several triangles um well i guess also- they're pyramids not triangles <laughs> 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 whatever it's a you know what we did we were journalism majors not math majors okay um also it's late it, yeah. is late. it is late it's not that late I'm it's late for block. us it's late I for us i just had us. a really long day i'm so sorry i have had a long week friends when i tell you i was in bed and sheena was like here's the zoom link and i was like oh <laughs> me you know those dreams where you show up to class and you haven't been there the whole semester and now it's time to take the final. That was me. Oh yes, yes, yes. I was like, okay, time to improv. So we're gonna. You did a great (laughs) job, but there are. You did a great job. Thank you. So go to Graceland, visit Inez. Go say hi. Visit the Burnhams because they basically built Chicago. Try to see if Daniel Burnham will come out and say hey. Um, There are just again the Pullman family is there. Um, The guy who started the Pinkertons, who I definitely want to do a episode on because he had a crazy death. Um, there are hall of famers from baseball from all walks. And there's one particularly beautiful one called the Getty tomb. That is just art deco out the ass. And it is gorgeous. That's going to be my other drag name art deco (laughs) out the ass. Um, So go visit it. Go check it out. It's absolutely beautiful. There's a super good hot dog shop down the street called Byron's where I had my very first (laughs) Chicago hot dog. And it was everything I jumped it would be. And I watched two sparrows fight to the death over a french fry. It was awesome. I love Chicago. But yes, so the Graceland Cemetery, those are kind of your three biggies is the eternal silence. Again, go see the eternal silence. It is so beautiful. I cannot... Like it's one of those things that when you it's huge. I cannot like I'm five foot tall, so everything's big to me. But it is immense, and it is just imposing. And you just feel some kind of way in its presence. And Chicago is a haunted ass city, which is why I'm here. <laughs> so <laughs> Chicago hauntings, Graceland, Woo-hoo! do the thing, yes, go fight, yes, yes. win. <laughs> sheena saved me
1: <laughs> um well y'all saved the longest for last i think um <laughs> my that's what all, she said all of my <laughs> scripts have been relatively short this one's like five pages but i'm gonna try to condense this as much as possible but this is um the story that i'm sharing is literally one that i've grown up with my entire life it's my hometown haunted house and sort of my um therefore hometown haunted graveyard because the graveyard is behind the house um and i've always found it endlessly fascinating i will try to get this to the barest of bones but some of these details were too fascinating to leave out that being said um we this story concerns slave owners um so our you know stance on that is obviously it's horrific and horrible and should never have we're happened. against it mm. <laughs> yeah but at the same time i think we also need to fix facts and realize that this is an institution that while it's over <laughs> has and a we can argue that we can mm. argue that yeah um it does have ripples and it still affects us to this very day. And I think um, I really hate the fact that we don't know a lot of information about the enslaved people who lived here. Um, and we know so much more about the um, owners. So uh, that being said, I'm just going to jump into it. Mm-hmm. Just, just roll with me here. Okay. Picture it. Pontotoc, <laughs> Mississippi, 1936. <1836. laughs> <laughs> no, 1836 all right technically actually i guess we're starting a little bit before that like the early 1830s sort of um so robert gordon traveled to the united states from scotland and for a while he lived in this little town called cotton gin port which is in modern day monroe county which is to the south of tupelo um it was a really big bustling town at the time um because it was located on the banks of the tom bigby river and it's actually a ghost town now when i was a reporter i actually went to what is very much little left there um me and a guy and our photographer we walked about a mile into total wilderness to go see what was left of this town it was wild either way
0: this is how horror movies start sheena yes <laughs> listen you're, <lucky> you're alive. <laughs>
1: I, I did so many dumb things as a reporter. I look back now and I'm like, wow, I went to so many basements. <laughs> I did meet with a guy. If you oh, remember the story, who, no, it's not good. Oh, if my. you remember the story
0: of the guy who sent. <gasps> I know who you're talking about. Yes. He pretended it was anthrax, but it wasn't really anthrax. And he was an Elvis Obama? tribute artist. No, 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 it no. no. he's not. Right, But he tried
1: to kill a guy in town who was an Elvis impersonator. Trust me when I say there's a difference between Elvis impersonator and Elvis tribute artist. We're not getting into that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But the guy
1: guy who sent the poison to to Obama and who did try to um, kill his next door neighbor who was an Elvis impersonator. And then he tried to frame another guy.
0: It was like a whole. I did a story.
1: like, Like I used to. He was also a musician, which that was primarily what I covered I met with him and literally begged my photographer like please don't leave me alone with this man like he was so gross his music was so gross that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day we're in North Pontotoc. Mississippi
0: is wild y'all don't even know <laughs> y'all don't even know
1: all right again Pontotoc 1830s so he is living in this sort of uh North Mississippi area. He already came from money, but he um, ends up making a lot more because um, he becomes a really good, um, successful uh, trader with the local Native Americans. He lives in and around um, what is now Pontotoc, Chickasaw, and Monroe counties. Mm -hmm. And when he was 40, he married his wife, Mary Elizabeth, who was 15. (laughs) I'm just going to let that sit for a second i know it was a different time but man 15 did no one say didn't no one say anything anyway i'm gonna veto um, that
2: look if yeah I, all, wish, my, I wish someone
1: had my
2: my great-grandmother got married at 13 in the 1920s right. i just yeah it was a different time is all i can say yeah it was. i mean it was. there's
0: a set of my grandmother's cousins where i was i was like oh this is their wedding picture i'm like they look like literal infants. Mom's like, yeah, they were 14 and 15. I was like, oh, right. Mm. Well, at least yeah. they were of the same age and he wasn't 60, but still. Right. So yeah, anyway, he, he, he had a child bride.
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, she was from one of the wealthiest families in Cotton Gymport. And so he promised to build her a beautiful home that would meet her expectations.
0: That sounds like a lot. So
1: they have a daughter together named Joanna. And unfortunately, Joanna died when she was three. We don't know why, oh. but probably childhood illnesses that we have vaccinations for now. That's, that's just honestly my guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was really well, tough And time. that's um, fun facts with Hannah time. Um, when people say, Oh, the life expectancy was only like forty, okay when they're taking into account the life expectancy, they're looking at the average, and the average includes the extremely high infant mortality rate, so that infant mortality rate skews the number lower when in actuality, right. people did live into their sixties and seventies they did in old times. It's just if you were able to get it out of childhood, you were good. It was the generally the speaking, gacha. yeah.
1: Um, I, I don't remember exactly the year, but I know in one of my Elmwood tours, I think we put it as about the time the cemetery opened, which was 1852, that about half the kids didn't make it to their fifth birthday.
0: Yeah. That's why you have so many
1: children's graves and it's, it's upsetting.
0: Well, and as Lori can attest as having two of them, like. They are hell-bent on self-destruction until they get to what, their 20s. <laughs> yes. Like, every baby I have met has had like a suicide pact or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm yes, like, yes. it's like wanting to drink bleach and stick its fingers in light sockets. And yeah. you're like, I am trying to keep you alive until your mother gets here. Can you just work <laughs> with me? Yeah. Basically, <laughs> Jesus. So, uh,
1: so, Joanna dies when she's three. Um, Robert is in the process of buying land to build this amazing home for his wife. And they end up burying Joanna on a plot of land behind what would become the homestead of this house. Uh, they also had a son named James. He lives well into adulthood and James is really who we're going to focus on, especially when we get to the ghost part and a little bit later on. Um, so Joanna is buried sort of in the middle of nowhere. For, for the moment, for the moment. So Robert purchased this land to build this home, which he calls the Home Lock and Var, which is a callback to his homestead back in Scotland. He buys the land from a Chickasaw woman named Molly Gunn. Best name ever. Love oh, that. My name. aunt. My aunt used to work at a restaurant in Tupelo called Molly Gunn's, and I'm like, oh, that's oh. just such a cool name. Well, it gun names
0: gun is a name in mississippi like we've had politicians who were guns yeah and this
1: is g-u-n-n yeah double n's like james Mm gun yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) and speaking of awesome names um this is a slight smashing pumpkins reference the original chickasaw name for the land was and i'm probably not saying this correct but Izito is ito cobafo or broken pumpkin Oh, that was the original name for the land was broken pumpkin. And I'm like, y'all are smashing pumpkins. We're
0: not going to start calling pumpkins. that county smashing pumpkins.
1: <laughs> I, I, as far as I'm concerned, lock and bar sits on smashing pumpkins.
0: I love it. <laughs> this
1: area. Um, if any of our listeners are familiar and I know they're probably not, cause I'm the only weirdo from Pontotoc, but it's <laughs> off of highway 15 between Pontotoc and Oklahoma. It's about two miles South of the actual city of Pontotoc. And it's, you take this little dirt road off of 15 and the house just sits very far back off of that road um, in a, just a huge clearing. It is, it's beautiful out
0: there. This is um, what the rest of the country calls, but fuck Egypt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, yes. it's not, it, it's kind of not in that it's, it feels so close to Pontotoc, but it kind of, yeah, it's, it's out there. <laughs> um, So they build this uh home Of course, it was built by enslaved people. Uh, There are four columns in the front of the house um, that were rumored to have been shipped over from a castle in Scotland. Uh But they were more likely actually made from large pine trees that were on the land. There's a beautiful self-supporting staircase, um, spiral staircase, that goes to the second floor. And every room has 13-foot high ceilings. Um, When I say Robert was wealthy, y'all, he was wealthy he owned five plantations across several counties and he had 500 enslaved people
0: yay oh my gosh
1: 500 y'all
0: boy they so therefore therefore his son james
1: yes bad robert therefore his son james grew up a multimillionaire. he had as much like someone tried to get him to say he had about six million at his highest amount and he wouldn't confirm or deny so he grew up in lock and bar, hunting helping his dad out with the plantations he did a lot of traveling he admitted later in his life that before the civil war he quote never worked a day in his life Ugh, must,
0: must be nice, really nice. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we owe each other a coke
1: yeah so he earned a degree from Ole miss our alma mater and in 1856 he married carolina virginia willie uh or wiley fun fact she was named carolina virginia because she was born on the border of those two states Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> um, good for they her. had
1: a daughter annie within the year and they also had a son named robert james but he actually wasn't born for another 20 years oh man so we're not gonna worry about robert james for now
0: that's a gal um
1: yeah a little bit was she
0: like 12 years old too or something
1: I don't know I don't think so um I, I got the impression that they met in Oxford okay. and I don't I don't I doubt she was at Ole Miss I doubt they allowed women I don't yeah, think they thought we were smart time. enough for education but um either way I, I don't know how old she was but and there's a reason why I don't know how old she was wasn't we'll get that at the end of this either way
0: okay we'll get there
1: <laughs> we will get there it all ties back to a cemetery. The families all lived together. James officially inherited Lock and Bar when Robert died in 1867 and Mary Elizabeth died two years later. So, Robert, Mary Elizabeth, and Joanna, the three-year-old daughter, they are all buried behind Lock and Bar. They call it the Gordon Cemetery because Gordon is the family name. So, because it's on private property, you, you can't go unless you're a guest of the current owners. So please don't go traipsing around the backwoods of Pontotoc County trying to find this cemetery. Have Um, you seen
0: wrong turn? That will happen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, and I'll say this much when I went to visit lock and bar and we will get into this later. um, The owner took me out there like in a truck, like you, it wasn't just behind the house. It was like a little ways out from the house still. So this is where we get into the ghost story. And this story is legendary in Pontotoc County. Like this story has been passed down from generation to generation. So it is the start of the civil war. James, who is the son, Robert was the dad. He's too old to go fight. James is eager to go fight. I guess he's bored probably. And um, as he's preparing to leave to fight in the war, he asked his most trusted enslaved man, known as Uncle Eb, to keep a watch out over Lochinvar and and the family. And um, we'll get into more of this later, but there's a lot of talk about how the Gordons were actually very kind to their enslaved people. Um, and how Uncle Eb was basically considered family. I personally don't know how you can consider someone family when you when own you them. own them. <laughs> yeah, but but that's this, this is the way the story has been told my right. entire life.
0: This is a common slave narrative. That, it is. Oh, they love yes. them like family. Then why didn't you free them? That TikTok right. to be playing in the background. Why didn't you free yeah. them? Huh? Huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: and there's there's a lot to back up their good treatment of them actually but even then i'm
0: still like it was still wrong only right them yeah anyway cemetery row is on record as being anti-slavery hardcore we don't Uh, like it
1: um and and so again the way the story was passed down was that uncle eb was so faithful to the family and he loved them so much that he would every night go around to um he would like circle around the gates of the property with a lantern at sunset making sure that everyone everything was secure i will argue he had no choice as an enslaved man he had no choice Therefore, that's probably why on a cold, rainy night he went out to make his rounds with his lantern, not because he was faithful. Maybe he was, but also he had no choice. Um, and because he got, he was out in this cold, wet weather. He got pneumonia and he died from it. Oh, so the legend goes that if you go to the gates of Lochinvar at sunset, you will see Uncle Eb's light swinging his. Lantern swinging as he's walking around making his rounds, and for generations, Ponotok folks have driven by the gates of Lochinvar at sunset. My mother did this when she was a teenager and swears she saw it. She was in a car full of a bunch of friends, she swears she saw it growing up. I just knocked over my mic. You okay? You okay? Christina? I'm preaching over here. Get it. Get it. <laughs> um. And growing up, my mother took me. We went all the time to drive by Lock and Bar to see if we saw the light. I never saw the light. Um, a fun fact is uh, my Aunt Sherry, who graduated from Pontotoc High School in the early 1960s, remembers touring Lock and Bar when um, her senior class went on a field trip there. And not only were they told about Uncle Eb, but they were also told these wild stories about... Uh, if you look on the, um, steps going down to the basement, you'll see blood stains there. And those are the blood of the slaves. And then if you take a light down into the basement, it won't come on. Or if it does come on, it'll turn right off. Neither one of those stories have any kind of truth to them. And in fact, I asked the current owner about them and he had never even heard of those. He knew the uncle Ebb story. We'll get to all this in a minute, but he never heard the light or the blood story. So, The cemetery itself, I guess, isn't technically haunted. It's more the grounds. Um, But still, it's a story that I grew up with. I know that story like the back of my hand. So that is really the haunted part of my story. And if it's okay, I'm going to go and tell you a little bit more about James. Because he had a really interesting life. And I hate that I can tell you that. Because I can't tell you anything about Uncle Leb. Other than he was owned by the the gordons and worked at lock and bar i hate that i can't tell you more about him i can't tell you where he's buried because i don't know
0: right and i have to tell you when you were talking so it's a pretty windy night today in chicago um which is a great time to talk about haunted cemeteries but it's so windy that when you were talking about his lantern my front door shook and i was like "Uh, oh okay she's the one talking about it go haunt her yeah exactly (laughs)
1: So again, um I, I just want to touch back though, on the life of James Gordon because this podcast is also about people who are have interesting lives um and where they're buried and and I know this man was a slave owner. Um,
0: sometimes people and, with interesting lives are also pieces of shit.
1: Yes, and that's this guy. um he did a few things that I think were were interesting, but I'm still like, dude, you you own slaves anyway. So we're gonna talk very briefly about James Gordon's Riches to Rag story because he started off life a multimillionaire and um later didn't even have a have a dime to his name.
0: Oh well this Woo! makes me even happier. Go on. Yes. So-
1: It's really interesting. So the Gordons, again, were known as being very kind and considerate to these people they owned. He kept a diary and wrote daily about his care and consideration for these people. He didn't like to punish them. There's only one account of that ever happening. And he actually fired or punished overseers who were too rough with the enslaved people. Um, He threw wedding parties for the enslaved folks who got married um he refused to break up families so you know if it was time to buy or sell which i hate thinking of that he would do it whole families rather than breaking off and selling one by one um he actually also wrote a lot of poetry and a lot of his poems were about his friends who were black the people he he owned who were black it's it's interesting yet he fought in the civil war oh anyway um in one poem he talks about the black woman who helped raise him there's a word for that that i don't want to use because i just i cringe when i hear it mm-hmm. but you know what i'm saying
0: oh yeah I know and he
1: wrote yeah he wrote her songs were far sweeter than flute or piano as she put me to sleep in my bed her soft crooning voice i can i can never forget like an angel in dreams she comes to me yet So this guy, when he needed to be nice... He was nice mm-hmm. during the Civil War. Um, he was actually in charge of looking after some Union prisoners, and he treated them so well, made sure they were fed and taken care of, that a Union general sent him a sword and a note of thanks. He sent that home to his wife at, at Lochinvar. And, and when Union soldiers came to raid the home, which happened all the time throughout the South in the Civil War, um, that actually saved Lochinvar from getting raided and burned. The the wife when his wife went out there and said hey here's this union sword and a note so hey don't don't hurt us and please don't hurt our house you know it's a it's a shame
2: that he wasn't you know this this all didn't happen up north somewhere um yeah that he wasn't a part of the union side because i think you know we kind of have a different viewpoint on his story if he had been on the right side of history as opposed to the wrong side
0: well and that's the thing too i mean that's the Dichotomy of being in a a, a, a paradigm that's fucked up, mm-hmm. but there's still humans in this. So yeah. you've you've got those two very different things. Of like, I mean, they have war stories about the other side. Um, there was the famous soccer game that they played during World War One, right. World War Two, on Christmas, and then the very next day they went to killing each other. Right? You know, these these really shitty situations that are wrong intrinsically humans are still humans, So we're not saying this dude is a good dude. He's not, he owned people. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But there's a human story there. He had and his yeah, moments. And, 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 right.
1: And, and I think, and this is what I'm about to get to is he eats his humble pie and he finds his humanity and he admits to being wrong. And we're getting to that. Okay. <laughs> um, Excellent. So, um, so okay the civil war's over right yeah um his like so much in the south um you know his everything was just destroyed he lost all of his money he went into poverty trying to pay the high taxes on the um plantations that they had in the land that wasn't being farmed and he gave actually a lot of his money to his former slaves so they could then start their own farms and he lost lock and bar um So he was destitute. I think at one point, I read a couple of different accounts. At one point, he had $4.50. And then that was was probably good
0: money in the 1860s. That's (laughs)
1: what I thought, too. There was another part later where he described having like a dime. That was it. And again, I'm like, a dime could get you a lot back then. But either way, (laughs) right? he didn't have a lot of money. So he goes down to Oklahoma, um, his, uh, his friends actually buy him a house buy him and his wife a house um, to repay the kindness that he had shown them earlier in life. And he ends up saving up enough money to start a dairy and he starts delivering milk. Um, his quote is, I began to peddle my milk in the town where I had once lived as a millionaire. Aww. He was poor, but he was happy. Well, and he he considers this uh, the best thing that ever happened to him in a lot of ways, because sure. um, it, it really sort of stripped him down to his bare bones. He finally was working a real job and, and finding, right. I think, a purpose in life,
0: earning he, all, his own,
1: like yeah, earning his 100%. own money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he ends up. Um, Going into politics, he was elected to the Mississippi State Legislature. Um, he was going to run for U.S. Senate in 1887, but his wife, Carolina, suffered a fall that essentially left her paralyzed. She couldn't walk mm-hmm. at all. Oh, so wow. he bowed out of the race. He said, this is his quote, it's a question of love of love or politics, and I'm going to stand by love. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She, meanwhile, was paralyzed until her death in 1903. Her funeral was held Wow, She had a good long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. They both lived very long lives. Um, Her funeral was held on a Sunday morning. And because she was so beloved, the churches didn't even have service that morning. Oh, wow. Blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, so the whole town turns out to pay the respects for her and news stories that where they covered her funeral even noted that the former enslaved people were there because they loved her so much right Mm -hmm. it blows my mind blows my mind another weird story here (laughs) just i love this It shocks me, but I kind of love it and I respect it. The next year, James marries Ella Nielsen of Oxford, but he told her, he said, I will never love you as much as I loved my first wife. And Ella said, this is her quote, all the other widowers have always promised to love me better than their first wives. You seem frank about it and I'm going to accept you.
0: How many has she
1: had? (laughs) apparently several other widowers had proposed to her and she turned them down good for her oh yeah i kind of can respect it and i kind of like that. like no i can't i can't love you like you know carolina and i were together for 50 years you know she
2: was his great love and he's a man and he can't be by himself so he has to write mary
1: yeah um, we're getting toward the end of his life, y'all. I, I promise. No, you're good. <laughs> but there there, an interesting,
0: story? Uh, interesting
1: story. It's interesting. And then, um, There's uh, some more, some stuff I actually wanted to read from. Um, So in 1909, a U.S. senator from Mississippi died in office. He only had 60 days left in his term. And the governor appointed Mr. James Gordon to finish out that senator's term. So he was only a senator for like six weeks. Um, He actually became a beloved figure in that short time. And in his farewell speech to the Senate, he encouraged peace and civility between the North and the South encourage people to love one another and to give to the poor and he talked about how much he loved black folks um and that he he wanted the best for them um i'm gonna read a little bit from his um speech because some of this is just interesting He says, I've had a varied life. I was born a multimillionaire, very unhappily too, for I never saw one of them that was happy yet. And I never was happy myself until I got rid of my millions. The largest portion of them went to feed a large number of slaves that I unfortunately inherited. And I spent the rest and I spent and the rest I spent on my friends like a gentleman should and got rid of the encumbrance. Okay. Um. I also like that in this um, speech, long story as to why he said it, but he told people to put that in their pipe and smoke it. (laughs) Is um, that
0: where that phrase comes from? I don't know.
1: I don't know, but you know, they used it in Downton Abbey and I was fascinated that they used it in that because I was like, was that phrase even around back then? Apparently so. I love it. Because this was about 20 years before Downton Abbey. That was such a
0: sick burn too.
1: He also said. I come to you to talk of friendship and love of one another. My religion is the 11th commandment of Christ when he said, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another. That is what I want to bring about here. That is my object in standing here today to talk to you as I do. I want to implant in you, just as in my heart, the growing love for the country I live in and the people I live with. I live with you all. You are not divided from me by Mason and Dixon's line. Um, anyway, just really cool stuff about bringing the country together, putting down sort of the old Civil War um, <clears throat> battles that they had and things like that. And, and being like, hey, we made mistakes. We were wrong. The South was wrong. Let's move forward. Right. Um, so he died in 1912. He is not buried at um, Lock and Bar with his family. He is actually buried at Oddfellow Cemetery in Oklahoma with each of his wives on either side. The reason why I don't know much about them, and this is very annoying to me, is they um his literally his the one whole side of the tombstone is essentially his life story. While the the ladies on either side, it's their in first And last or first middle initials and their maiden names that's it
0: okay so the odd fellows no death dates the odd fellows are those the same people that buried the lady in red
2: it's got to be a different cemetery because my uh she was buried at the lexington odd fellows so uh, it'd be interesting to look into that and
0: see because that's two cemeteries you know yeah,
1: I, I mean, mean it's a couple this hundred a, miles. A
0: group that takes care of cemeteries? I mean I've
1: I've heard the term odd fellows used a lot in in cemeteries. That's something I meant to uh research more, but then I didn't get a chance to because time. We'll do a whole thing to <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah, we'll do it. Um I promise y'all I'm getting near the end, but we're about to get into some drama. I right? love drama. Get to from, it. Get from to from, it. from mother nature. Ooh. Okay. Let's <laughs> so go. 4 But before we get to that, I did want to say that our uh, newspaper that we worked for in college, The Mississippian, uh, carried news of his death, as actually did most papers across the country. And this was the headline in The Mississippian, which it was not the DM just yet. It was The Mississippian. Beloved Colonel Gordon passes away at his home, was a character of unique international reputation, was at the time of his death, oldest alumnus of the university, prominent figure in the history of Mississippi.
2: Oh, okay. That is a long-ass headline. That is I know, right?
1: (laughs) Everyone who's ever
0: done pages that are copy-editing is going like... I just saw it in my head as I read it, and I'm like, I'm already like, who designed this page? Like, Like what
1: headline are you going to use when Jesus comes back? My God. (laughs) I think... I think the way it was worded, and I don't know, I've and I haven't seen a uh, copy of the paper from 1912, which is what, a year into the paper's existence? Yeah. yeah. I think bel- Beloved Colonel G- Gordon Passes Away at His Home was the headline, and then I think the, the rest was oh, yeah. subheader.
0: Yeah. Yep. God, I hope All so. All right,
1: so let's go back to Lock and Bar, because it is the original haunted house that I was talking about before. So it was sold in 1900 to the Fontaine fam- family. They used it as a tenant house and as a private residence. In 1966, doctors uh, Forrest and Janice Tudor purchased the home and they restored it. And of course, now it's on the National Register of Historic Places. In 2001, an F3 tornado moved through 52 miles through several counties in Mississippi, including Pontotoc. It wrecked the south part of town, and in its that whole fifty two mile path it destroyed three hundred and sixty homes, fifteen businesses, two churches, it injured seventy three people it killed six people, all six of those were in Pontotoc. and yeah, Lochinvar was in the direct path. oh wow, um, I still remember this night clearly it was terrifying y'all it was terrifying now, yeah. our home was not but we weren't the <laughs> that close but we were close and it was too close for comfort it was close terrifying. enough yeah yeah um and and part of the problem with Lochinvar was they actually built it on a hill to avoid yeah. the <laughs> valleys which was where what the water, water collected right. and where you got malaria and yellow fever and all mm-hmm. that which they didn't know technically at the time they just knew if you were around where you know swampy areas you know either way
0: damned if you do Dr- damned if you don't
1: <sighs> exactly so Dr. Tudor and his family literally picked up the pieces of the home and they rebuilt it. It took about four years. And when I was at Ole Miss, I went to Lock and Bar. Um, It was my first visit. This was about 2005. Um, I was writing a feature story for Curtis Wilkie's class. Oh, wow. um, I remember this. I remember this. Yeah. And this was a massive deal to me, y'all, like to finally go into Lock and Bar because my entire life it had never been open to the public it was a private home for the tutors and um it was just amazing and then of course you know the tornado like destroyed it and I, my heart was ripped out. like, oh my god this beautiful home i've never seen except from a total distance um but dr Tudor welcomed me there i spent the whole day there he told me all these stories um we discussed the tornado, Uncle Eb, all this amazing stuff. He ended up writing a book about the Gordons of Lock That's the name of the book. That's where I got a lot of these details about um, the Gordon family. Um, a couple of fun things, I guess. It's a fun fact. Um, the house is absolutely beautiful. I, they have not done a tour in quite a while. I want to say it's been over 10 years since they did a tour. And, and to be fair, Dr. Cheater was in his late 70s early 80s i think when i met with him so he's he's i don't know how good his health is i'm praying he is fine because i love this man he is so sweet y'all and he loves the history of this house he really has put his his blood sweat and tears into it and he absolutely loves it um but what happened too when the tornado came through was it destroyed the state's biggest bodoc tree, which was in the yard of Lock and Bar. has a yearly uh, bodoc festival. And it's named for this bodoc tree that has a little bodoc fruit that's good for nothing other than maybe throwing it at somebody because it just looks like a big green egg or something. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it destroyed that tree, which was like, oh, God, we lost this huge tree. He actually got a friend of his, Dr. Cheater got a friend of his to make a casket for him out of that Bodog tree and some of the other trees that were brought down by the tornado That's
0: and really when cool. I was there
1: yeah he was like hey you want to go see my casket in the basement yes. and I'm like do I ever yes, I oh, do. Wow. <laughs> the basement was terrifying because I'd heard all these stories from my aunt about oh yeah there was blood on the stairs you know which I hate that now it's like it's torture porn you know for slaves and i'm like oh stop yeah. it i hate that but no there is no blood there but this the stairs going down in the basement it's a little creepy it was very like an earthen basement like there was no like walls it was earthen there was this absolutely beautiful casket there i mean oh yeah i mean it's a casket yeah it, it's stunning so anyway um it I absolutely love this house. I know it's problematic. I know I'm not supposed to blah, 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 but it is a part of the history of where I grew up and I can't help, but find it fascinating. And I'm going to end on this. Um, I ended up asking Dr. Tudor because I had to about uncle Leb. I'm like, have you ever seen the light? Um, you've lived here since 1966. Come on, surely you've seen it. And this was his quote that he gave me. He said, I've been asked a lot if I've seen the light and I always tell them. Eb checked me out when I first moved in, he decided I was okay. And he decided to retire. Oh, and I kind of hope that's true. I don't like oh, to too. think about enslaved people suffering through this life and then continuing to do that work on the other side like let them rest yeah i think
0: that's the thing that drives me crazy about like um the haunted plantation mythos is Mm -hmm. these poor enslaved people and you're gonna make them haunt the place that they were enslaved like yeah this is
1: some bullshit
0: you know 100 100 um
1: So yeah, that's, that's my local haunted house that I grew up with. And like I said, I know the story is problematic and I know there are issues and I'm not trying to romanticize it because you can tell me all day long that he was kind to the people that he owned, but I don't think that is possible when you own
0: someone. right? I mean, it's like, it is so frustrating. I mean, to put a fine point on it, a nice Nazi is still a Nazi.
1: A hundred percent.
0: You know, and could he, could, you know, Mr. Gordon help the life he was born into? No, not necessarily. But I think there's something in, in your humanity that should say, oh, this is fucked up. You know, and I think yeah. he did. And I think he did on a certain level, of course, after they lost, not before that. But
1: right. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: again, mm-hmm. problematic. Um, And, you know, I think... I hope Mr. Ebb is on the other side enjoying his life or his afterlife yes. with his family and his loved ones. And I hope all the people who are enslaved, you know, and it's and yeah. like you said, the very dichotomy of slavery means we'll never know those people.
1: Right. And that's one thing. Um, Cause I'm a sucker. I-, I love learning about history, I'm a sucker for old houses. But I know that they were literally built on the blood, sweat, and tears, actual literally, of the enslaved people who built them. And I think if we're going to have an antebellum home, we got to talk about all of it. Don't have your goddamn wedding there, and
0: I will die on that hill. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, like, don't be like, look, isn't this beautiful? Be like, yeah, it's beautiful. But do you know why it's beautiful? Because these talented yet... I don't know what my word is, but these talented enslaved people built it. They had talents. They were good at what they did, but they were also forced to do it against their will. And they had no autonomy over themselves or their family. And it is so ugly and so gross. Right. And Mm -hmm. I see the little ways that the Gordon family tried to give them some of their humanity back. And I'm like, that's still not enough. Right. Right. Yeah. It's frustrating. And I, I do appreciate though, that I think once he learned what true poverty was i think he ate his humble pie and i think that helped him um right some of the wrongs maybe Mm -hmm. or at least at least at least he was able to own up and say hey y'all we were wrong
0: right and Uh, i mean there are people here in 2021 who won't do that
1: yeah (laughs) yeah no and i'm a big believer in if i mess up please tell me and please educate me and please um, let me attempt to make that right. Because we're all still learning and we're all still doing and we're all going to mess up. But so long as your heart's in the right place. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'd like to think that, that James Gordon's heart was in the right place. I don't know. But um, either way, it's a beautiful home. It's, it's an interesting part of Pontotoc history. And since there's so little in that town there is to talk about i mean right everyone talks about elvis and tupelo and that's fun and it's like the only thing people know pona talk for a lot of times is what well, elvis's mama was from there well that's great yeah. she was good for her but we also had ruby Elsie, a, a woman i'm going to talk about in a future episode who's an incredible soprano singer we had um jimmy weatherly who wrote midnight train to georgia and so many other songs right. um we've had some good people from there and I kind of hate that all of that gets lost. And, and, and yeah, Lock and Bar is our big historic monument really.
0: Um, so. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's like one of my favorite um, pages that I follow on Facebook is for love of old houses because yeah. I'm a sucker. Yeah, you, you share those all the
2: time. I, I do. Love I do. I, <laughs> love, I love those them. houses. <laughs> but yeah. every
0: time they post a house from the South, I'm always like, what are the dates? Oh yeah what are the dates? Cause if yeah. it's yep. in the 1800s, I'm throwing a flag on this play. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> yep. I don't want to talk well, about how too pretty, you know, and that's, I mean, and that's the conversation that has been starting more about, yeah. Should you be having weddings at antebellum houses? And I think as we're, we're realizing that's kind of fucked up, you know, mm-hmm. you maybe, you know, you wouldn't have your wedding at Auschwitz. And I think, Exactly. We had this idea that slavery was not as bad as the Holocaust or not as bad as these other genocides when it absolutely 100 oh, yes. was. It was 100
1: percent. You know, yes. and it
0: it lasted for hundreds 200 of
2: years.
1: 400 years. 400 yeah, yeah. Years, years and we're still dealing with it. Right. Yes, and we're, we're going to be dealing with it for so much longer because it was it's not in our long ago past. No. I know it ended in the 1860s. And I know that was like, what, 160 years ago. That's still fresh in, in terms of history, y'all. Exactly, that is, that yeah. is super, right. super fresh. I and mean, so,
0: we went to ugh, Ole Miss just, and there are still yeah. bullet holes in the Lyceum, right. which is the big admin building on campus. And it's also in Ole Miss's official logo. There are yeah. bullet holes from the riot from the James Meredith's integration. Mm-hmm. right? So, and then in the news, some fucking frat boy from Oklahoma, I want to add, put a yeah. noose on his statue i mean so this is right. still a battle we're having yeah it's still something you know um the the talk about you know during the shit that went down on january 6th seeing a confederate mm-hmm. flag in the Capitol, you. just i was i had to walk away from the computer yeah I was like, I'm that makes blow. you physically ill yeah it did it made me physically I was ill like, yes yeah. i was gonna blow a gasket because i was like,
1: Fuck. Yeah
0: you how dare you yes
1: yes Yes. and and that's my thing is i think it's so easy to see these old homes that are beautiful yes and and be sort of awed by that and and romanticize it i'm not saying you can't say the house is pretty i'm saying honor who put it there
0: right because it wasn't it was
1: not the white dude with the money it was literally these enslaved people who put it there
0: Well, and honor
1: those and tell their stories as much as you can.
0: And it's not just, and I will say, it's not just the South who, who needs to reckon with this. It's the reason America became the superpower that it did is because of the cotton trade. And the only reason we could be successful at the cotton trade was chattel slavery period. So not just the South's prosperity, but the United Mm -hmm. States prosperity as a whole was built on slavery. And until everybody, whether they're from New York, California, Savannah, New Orleans, wherever the fuck they're from, this is baked into our country. And I I mean, I'm glad that we're seeing where it's been baked in. yeah. And we're starting to have these conversations that are not comfortable. I mean, we're three white ladies. So we come from a place of privilege on this. Um, 100%. Yeah, But it's really being able to acknowledge you know, and not, uh, none of us have had the easy street, you know, none of us have had yeah. easy lives, but my life was not made worse. Cause I was a white lady. Right. You know,
1: mm-hmm. it, That's it exactly right.
0: Impediment. It right? may have smoothed a couple of things over that it sure. wouldn't have if I'd have been born in different circumstances. So I think we're having that reckoning as a country and we're having that, you know, the whole, Oh, Dr. Seuss is canceled. No, his estate decided not to publish six kind of racist books that weren't that popular anyway. Exactly. Never heard of them. Exactly. I know, me either. Yeah. And Dr. Seuss did some great anti-war, anti-Nazi artwork, and he did some really, really racist artwork too. Yeah. Dichotomies can exist. So like Mr. Gordon, where he was a slave owner, which makes him a big piece of shit, but he seemed to have reckoned with that in his life. Those two dichotomies can exist. And I think there's something as Americans, we don't like being in that uncomfortable place. And we really yeah. like thinking that we're the shit. So having to kind of deal with the fact that not only have we made mistakes, we're still benefiting from those mistakes. And we need to maybe sit in those feelings for a little bit is uncomfortable and it's hard and it makes people mad.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think it's so interesting to me because I feel like so many things in this world are often presented as either a hundred percent black or white. And I don't right. mean race by that. I mean, that good right. or bad yeah. and so much more of life is really great. Yep, um, it's, it's a mix of good and bad. And then there's some things that, yes, they are a hundred percent bad, like owning people. That's a hundred percent bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then you do have maybe a little bit of, of, Hey, I, I, I tried to make it not quite as bad. I don't, I don't know. Right. Yeah. But two, going back to your point about this country being based on slavery. I mean, what came first? America or slavery? Slavery. Yeah. 1619, mm-hmm. y'all. Like it it goes back to before we were even a country. And not only that, but like Lochinvar was being built as the Pontiac itself was being built. Right. So it's like that was interesting too, to be like, this is something that you know, is coming up at the same time. And how does how does all of this work together? Because right. nothing happens in a vacuum. Absolutely. So it's, it's just interesting. And I love playing the context game and history uh-huh. of what oh, absolutely you can't just say, here's the thing that happened. You have to say, okay, here here are all the players. And there's so much more to right. it. And anyway, stuff that we can't get into because we are, we have gone for a long time <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure people are tired of hearing us preach. And I hope we are pe- preaching to the choir. I hope. um, yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to share the story because I love this house, and and I yeah. I appreciate people who like Dr. Tudor, who they're trying to find the history of this house, and they really no. want to tell the stories.
0: Okay. So. All right. So next up, we are going to have blues men. Yes. Which or least, ladies. Excuse me, or I ladies. Blues lady. A blues lady. A blues yes, lady. Is a blues, lady. Uh, blues performers. Um, blues musicians, blues artists. Which means I get to talk about demons. <laughs> yes. I love it.
1: Um, so yeah, Lori, do you want to yes, yes, usual where people can find yes, us?
2: Yes, yes, yes. We're on all the social channels. Well, not all. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cemetery Row Pod. Or you can send us an email to cemeteryrowpod at gmail.com.
1: Woohoo! And thanks as always to our editor, Derek. Thank you yes. to Jock, aka Revenge Body, for our theme song. Please go buy his music at Bandcamp. Um, Bandcamp also um, often has um, Fridays where they waive the fees, and so all the money goes 100% to the artist. So go check that out. Go check out a lot of good artists who are on Bandcamp. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you in two weeks. Yes. Bye.